Boom. Headshot. Rusty Alice. Malifaux was ruled by the conflicting interests of powerful organizations. The Guild was the first to seize power in this world, establishing a rigid and fascist law that guarantees their control over the precious soul stones. Despite their control, the Arcanists have managed to build a powerful resistance against this oppression and maintain a black market soulstone trade. Concerned with the buried secrets of the past, the Grim Resurrectionists loot the city of its treasures and claim the inheritance of an extinct people, wielding terrible powers garnered from the grave and forgotten lore. And what agenda the nightmarish Neverborn seek is unknown, but their presence and influence are obvious in the terror they sow. But to assume these forces represent all interests in Malifaux is naive. Within the tangled skein of dirty politics in the city, there are many players. Whether they have been rejected by the power players of Malifaux, or because they have not their own individual agenda in the city, those not directly associated with the primary powers of Malifaux are known as outcasts. It is impossible to outline a clear profile that identifies these individuals because each is distinct and must be considered separately. Most of these outcasts represent the lowest caste in Malifaux. Some of these unfortunate souls are able to beat out a meager existence as a petty crook or hired gun. A small few demonstrate talents or skills of note that allow them to climb from the gutter and exert their will upon the landscape of Malifaux intrigue. To navigate and thrive in the dense web of corruption and Malifaux by oneself is a singularly difficult task. These individuals broker tenuous alliances to further their unique agendas and rely just as much on skilled negotiating as they do on martial prowess. The primary powers of Malifaux identify the value of these lone wolf outcasts because the unique traits that have allowed them to flourish in independence can be put to the guild's uses. Their independence alone is a valuable commodity, providing plausible deniability to any faction fortunate enough to gain their services. Money, however, isn't always the chief concern of these enterprising individuals. These outcasts have wide-ranging goals. Some seek only to expand their criminal endeavors and become influential crime lords. Others are more altruistic, wandering the streets of Malifaux to protect its citizens from the nightmares that haunt them. These outcasts are at the very center of the city's corrupt politics, crime, and constant violence. They may be guild servants, but the outcasts are also purposeful in their acts, achieving their own goals and demonstrating power the guild hasn't even noticed yet. Many individuals find themselves in Malifaux as convict labor, or the unfortunate victims of unforgiving contracts to the guild. A small few have come to reside in Malifaux with their own purpose, to find Malifaux and their fortune. Leviticus is one such individual. Malifaux provides many things to a man like Leviticus. Foremost, he has the privacy to pursue interests that would be considered distasteful in a more civilized environment. In the art of combining steel and bone, cog and sinew, Leviticus is a savant. Within his well-equipped offices, his own body has received augmentation, and despite his advanced age, the man is well-suited to the rigors of the frontier city. He is almost always attended by his apprentice, a young woman named Alice. She too bears evidence of the craft, her left arm replaced by a mechanical prosthetic. Together they operate captivating salvage and logistics, which offers a wide variety of services. Many of those services are legitimate, but a pragmatic man like Leviticus can often be found conducting more illicit affairs. 
There are many who disprove of the relationship between the wise of Leviticus and the young Alice. Rumor mongers trading tales of inappropriate conduct between the two. These rumors don't seem to impact the success of their business, however, as they have a reputation of getting things done. Writing on the coattails of her mentor, Alice has gained a modest reputation in Malifaux for her exploits. Full of youthful energy, the antithesis of Leviticus, her enthusiasm is seen in her quick tongue and bursts of violence. When it's time to fight, she leaps into action with a frightening zeal, and despite her young age, she's a prodigy with her firearm, able to outshoot men with twice her experience. Many question her sanity, as she can frequently be seen conversing with the rusty mechanical prosthetic that has replaced her left arm, as if it acts independently from herself. Others believe it's her relationship with Leviticus that keeps her sane, his calm demeanor tempering her reckless drive for more action. Regardless, her curiosity and loyalty, as well as her skill, are easily noticed by those who meet her. It took a human mind to take the ancient Malifaux techniques of necromancy and revolutionize them. Leviticus, through a unique technique of his manufacturer, has managed to send a lifeline through the veil of death and tether it to a husk in this world. These vessels, known as hollow waifs, provide a doorway for the recently departed spirit to maintain its hold on life. With a properly prepared vessel, Leviticus is empowered to escape death, proving his mastery of these dark, unforgiving forces. Though young, Victoria has a long and successful career as a bounty hunter and treasure seeker, even before the reopening of the breach. For many years, she traveled the world in search of lost secrets, adventuring into forgotten locales, and capturing singular artifacts. Many speculate her collection is invaluable, defying all attempts to gauge its worth. Reputedly, her collection includes an armory of swords that contain even the lost Nihonto of Masumine. When a message from a mysterious employer suggests a contract in the newly rediscovered city of Malifaux, she could not refuse. The treasures of a whole new world were laid before her. Arriving in Malifaux, Victoria found conspiracy surrounding every commission, forcing her to avoid the intersecting designs of several powerful players. In her adventures here, Victoria would encounter the infamous Neverborn of Malifaux. Singular against humankind, Victoria's confrontation would result in a lasting partnership between a human woman and a Neverborn creature. This creature, a reproduction of Victoria herself, would give the treasure hunter privileged insight into the history of the city and world. Today, these two have established themselves as premier soldiers of fortune in Malifaux. Many mistake the duo as twin sisters, or even a single woman with an uncanny ability to be in two places at the same time. But the truth of their relationship is a closely held secret, and few suspect that one of these women is a native of this world. Daughter and lieutenant of the 10th Thunder's crime family Earthside, Misaki was entrusted with the mission of entering Malifaux and making way for 10 Thunders to expand its operations. Enter she did, and posing as a life convict, she quickly made inroads with the criminal underground, such as it was, planting seeds that would grow quietly until her father and family came to Malifaux to reap the rewards. Misaki has discovered her martial skills have increased fivefold since she came to Malifaux, and without any word from Ten Thunders, she's starting to believe perhaps this is her chance to strike out on her own, making a name for herself in this new unforgiving place.
penniless and on the run from the guild, Hamlin was forced into hiding, scraping out a pitiful existence in the sewers of Malifaux. He adapted quickly to the monstrosities and dangers there, avoiding harm and sustaining himself. Broken and lonesome, Hamlin slowly developed a rapport with the subterranean creatures he dwelt with and mimicked their scavenging ways. Living in the sewers and slums, Hamlin befriended his feral dog that became his constant companion. He would discover that the magic of Malifaux exists even in the gutter, and that he had that magic himself. Gifted with an empathetic connection to the scavenging creatures around him, he lived in harmony with his environment of debris. His activities beneath the streets have given rise to an urban legend, that of the Rat Catcher. Hey everyone, it's Alex, one more time. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Do you want to stay in touch? We'd love to hear from you. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SoulStoryPod. The cast is on Twitter as well. You can find Moose at Moosifo, Spencer at SpareBearTheMeek, BamBam at HotBam with three M's, Logan at KOTL of the Light, and you can find me, your Fate Master, at RollForAlex. for Alex.